Happy Juneteenth. Happy Juneteenth. Today is June 19th, 2019. Thank you for uh, joining me on this uh, episode of Trap Life, the podcast. So today, um, a lot happened. Um, I was going to start this episode off by giving a brief history on um, Juneteenth and the holiday and what it represents, but... I feel like if you're really interested in that, you can find that in other sources. Um, there's a blackish video that I've seen making its rounds on the internet. Um, there's some other videos I've seen that seem to be popular. Um, so you can get that elsewhere. Uh, what I will discuss today is an article that I came across, and it was talking about how Juneteenth should become a national holiday. And, you know, at first, yeah, okay, yeah, the the article was very well written, elaborated on all of its points, um, and, you know, Juneteenth, just to give you a little background, if you don't know, um, just so that this conversation is um, functional, that you get it, understand the context of it is Juneteenth is pretty much the Independence Day uh, for slavery. Um, That's the overall theme of it. Uh, It would be the equivalent of the 4th of July. Um, Not that because the emancipation was made, because it was um, two years after that, but it was actually the time that people knew that they were no longer slaves. There's some different historical citations and narratives that go out there. Um, But yeah, that's pretty much the most popular one. And it's the gist of it uh, to kind of give you a little brief history lesson on that. I wouldn't even call it that. We're just touching on it for the sake of conversation. But moving forward, the congressional hearings on reparations were also today. And some of you all might think, oh, that's a coincidence. That absolutely is not a coincidence. It's at best a symbolic gesture. And at worst, a politically manipulative maneuver. And to be honest, um, the best and worst case scenario aren't too far away from each other. Neither is particularly good. Um, But getting back to Juneteenth, when we talk about, you know, independence and freedom and these themes of American culture, right? What really happened, you know, post-slavery for the freed slaves? Yes, they were freed, but freed to really continue to... Slavery evolved or changed, um, however you want to phrase it, into sharecropping, right? And then 
now today we have modern slavery through the prison industrial complex. So it's just taking on new forms. And that that's what I kind of want to talk about. So what what is free? What does that mean? You know, or is that anarchy? No, right? That's not what we mean when we say free and freedom. But it's it's autonomy, right? The ability to be sovereign, um, the ability to have your own agency, be able to fulfill and live your life in the pursuit of happiness and all these ideals, right? But too often in life, we haven't, blacks have not had been able to have that opportunity of true empowerment, true equity. I use the term equity because equality, you know, can mean so many different things. I think equity is really the term that um, is more accurate and inclusive of what people are seeking uh, when we say equality most of the time. And all these things go into what occurred today with at the congressional hearing for reparations and that that's even misleading to say that what transpired today was a discussion about a discussion about a discussion it was so far removed from anything meaningful and tangible it was a circus it was a farce it was a sham it was disgraceful it was embarrassing to watch it was embarrassing to hear and anyone who thinks that that was progress i i i think we really have to start looking at people objectively and there needs to be some level of scrutiny for what goes on that wasn't it the conversation was here today the here today we will decide if the committee should study reparations and if we study reparations and the effects of it um we're making that decision whether we should have the conversation or not or to go into a study to bring the commission to study these uh, to study the topic of reparations but at the end of the day our what we're doing here today will hold no conclusion so you have this one bill hr 40 on the on the table um a bill that was ignored for multiple decades when connor's was doing was com- was covering it and he was run out of office right um and now you have sheila jackson who doesn't really represent the interest of reparations and 
completely remove the purpose of reparations today um, when she was talking and the points that she was given. And the, just the bill itself is completely pointless. Why do you need to talk and act like history is in doubt, is in question, is something that needs to be figured out? Um, there's still some things that you don't know, like you you don't need to do all that for a hearing. I, I've never seen them do that when it comes to any other topic, really any other group of people. It's only black people that would, because we don't have political capital and mechanisms to um, get these people out of office or have a, a punishment mechanism where that this would be allowed um, to happen. It, it was just a travesty. The only person that really should have been up there speaking um, was Ta-Nehisi uh, Coates. Um, and he wrote the what I consider to be a seminal piece um, on his essay, The Case for Reparations, um, which was released in 2014. I actually thought he came out with that a little earlier than that, but... Um, you know, just listen. I actually was listening to it again a little earlier. It's a um, brilliant piece of writing um, and just very informative the way he absolutely makes the case for reparations. Um, and my my only issue with Ta-Nehisi Coates would be um, when he was having a conversation with Alexandria... Acacia Cortez, who I tried to like. I had high hopes for her. Um, I didn't appreciate when they were having a discussion and she tried to include um, Hispanics into the reparations debate. I I, I don't understand that. Um, and nor, nor do I respect it. Um, when you talk about, you know, the black Americans, the American descendants of slaves, ADOS is the popular term, right? The abbreviation that's going on, foundational Americans, they laid the groundwork and they built the country and spilled blood again and again for this country, sacrificed for this country, and have been systematically, politically, economically castrated, and even socially, um, if you want to go there, castrated um, to prevent empowerment. That's not, and not to say other groups haven't experienced hardships, because that would be ahistorical. Um, that's not what I'm about. I, I'm a, you know, I love history love that knowledge um but we we have to be historically accurate we have to be accurate with the terms we use and the context that we're talking about 
that this that and he didn't he was talking with her they were having a discussion and he didn't stop her he didn't say no um but that was standing he absolutely should have been on the panel he was the only one who should have been on the panel um it was very odd to me the panel selection um i saw that they included in the notes uh william doherty some of his work um his written statements were included um but he was not there as a witness uh which he absolutely should have been um people who have been doing this work for a long time um people who are bringing reparations as an issue politically to the forefront they weren't included anywhere in this process the whole hearing i don't even want to call it that because it was just a clown show was entirely disingenuous and it was disingenuous and it was unproductive that is not progress it just looked good it looked for smoking mirrors that was a dog and pony show. That was a symbolic gesture. That was a absolute shame. And, and for people to go up there and participate in that. Like, I like Danny Glover. I think he's a good actor and I know he's done uh, some really good things um, to try to bring some new narratives to um black culture um he was looking to do the i think he was looking to do a movie on um the the i'm sorry um i think he was looking to do a film on um Not not a Philip Randolph. He was looking to do a um he was looking to do a film on the Haitian Revolution. Um and I know he was looking to do a film project on and yes, I believe Danny Glover was looking to do a film on Marcus Garvey, right? Um so, and he's a good actor. Um, I, I like Danny Glover. I don't have any problems, but he should have ceded his time to someone who was just more knowledgeable on the subject of reparations from an economic um, or historical standpoint. A lot of the people who got up there today um, just gave personal emotional testimony on how racism has personally affected them or their loved ones, their families, their ancestors. That's knowledge that we already have. Racism is evil. People who participate in racism are demonic because of the horrors um, that it it holds for people. The, the suffering that it causes um, that people have to continuously overcome again and again and again. All right. That. We, we we know that and I, I i'm not saying this to be insensitive but i don't like the idea of black people getting together and just 
discussing ad nauseum suffering or the effects of racism um, and like an emotional plea. Um, I, I, I think at this point, people know. I, I, I don't think that that is no... That that can't be a valid argument anymore in the eras of social media. Like people really can't say police brutality um doesn't exist. Before they said, you know, it was just a word of mouth sort of thing. But now you have actual footage of police brutality and still there really isn't aren't any hard concrete consequences for this behavior but um from society, uh, they're actually pr- still protecting law enforcement. So to me, you, we can't allow people just to continue to pretend to be naive, you know, selective amnesia. Oh, well, we didn't know about that. Oh, we didn't know about this. You knew, but you didn't do anything about it. You decided that it wasn't your fight. You didn't care. You didn't have an emotional... Um, you decided not to exercise empathy on the matter. Um, you didn't have any sympathy, whatever. You were apathetic to all of it. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, but that's what's going on. It's not a matter of, well, just if they, if, um, Congress knows what's going on, of course, they're going to go ahead with the commission for reparations. No. Some of these people are old. Some of these people lived through uh, Jim Crow and segregation and all this stuff. You, they, they know what's up. And, and quiet as is kept, some of them participated and some of them silently applaud or approve of um, racism and bias and prejudice and all of these uh, divisive, corrosive constructs. So what Danny Glover should have got up there and said is, I'm getting too old for this. Cut the check. That, that, that's all that needed to be said. Any conversation about reparations, it shouldn't be why they're needed, why they're necessary. Um, the conversation shouldn't even be how. It should be how much. How much. Um, and the conversation should be about when. When are the tangibles going to come in? Because that's what it's about. Tangibles. Not symbolic gestures, um, which takes me back to I saw an article today about making Juneteenth a national holiday. And that was very peculiar to me because I don't believe in coincidences. I'm looking at patterns here and um, someone who... uh, one of my friends I saw on uh, Facebook, uh, someone I'm going to actually, I plan on interviewing here for the podcast. 
Um, maybe we'll discuss it more in depth then as well. Uh, but he and I were discussing the fact that it seemed to correlate with the hearing. So I've never seen any articles about making Juneteenth a holiday ever. And, and particularly not from a quote unquote mainstream um, source, maybe from, you know, the and and even then from maybe from uh, more black uh, directed centered focused uh, publications. Maybe I've seen. Maybe I've seen an article from them, but I, I, I can't readily recall one, but I'm, I'm sure maybe the idea isn't new. Right. Um, but this, you know, elaborate article about making Juneteenth a holiday and how it will just be good for, it's not just a black holiday, but it should be a national holiday and how we move forward from the country and how it's a revolutionary and all this, um, to me, what that indicates is the continuation continuation of symbol symbolism instead of tangible resources so we'll give you a holiday let's go party but when it's time to cut the check and talk about real things then it's no then then it's we have to think about this. We have to think about that. And I'd much rather um, go ahead and move forward with tangibles in terms of reparations. And um, because it's it's been done before, it wouldn't be the first time um, that reparations have been distributed um, for a specific group of people. And that's the other part of the conversation. Who? Who is entitled to reparations? And it, the answer is foundational black Americans, people who are descendants of slaves. So that, that, that's the answer. And, you know, people say, well, my family didn't own slaves, so I should be exempt from it. Well, the country was built on slave labor and you came over to a situation that was created based on the slave labor. So you were benefiting from that environment. From the work that was done. So you. Indirectly benefited or you from that work. And there are lots of things that we pay into. Um, as taxpayers that don't directly benefit us and they're caused by things we didn't directly do. Case in point, the environment. We are going to have to do something about the environment, um, but the majority of this was caused by our grandparents and our parents. But it's still on us to rectify the environment and to do our best best to save what we can save 
in the present and plan for the future and give future generations um, at least a fighting chance to live in a habitable, safe environment. Right. Or are we just going to say, well, we didn't have anything to do with that. We're just going to leave it all up to it's not our fault, not our problem. So we don't have to fix it. No, that's not the way that's going to work. Um, it's not sustainable. So um, I'm going to include uh, links um, below um, and, you know, in the description I highly encourage everyone to get more educated. I'm still growing in my education on reparations, uh, but this is my official position. Uh, checks need to be distributed and amounts in the we're looking at even the hundreds of billions or potentially trillions um, need to be distributed in a systematic, um, comprehensive approach. Um, for descendants of American slaves who are foundational Americans because they built this country with our uh, from our ancestors' blood equity. So, and sacrifice, and not just from slavery, uh, but from Jim Crow, from redlining, and it, the benign neglect effect, and just the fact that every other group has special interests. These are the special interests of... Uh, Blacks, Americans, um, to keep us from economic genocide, which is what is going on right now. And it's what we need to do to move forward for our own personal empowerment as as a collective group. So that's that's my official stance. Yes, I um, believe in them and I am. I'll defend my position. I'm willing to have a debate with you. Um, well, not really. I'm if 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 you I, I I take that back. I lied. If you don't see the historical significance, and that black people are the most uh, marginalized people uh, in the history of the planet, then um, particularly our treatment in this country. Um, through the 500 year history, then yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not going to debate history with you. Um, so yeah, you know, you can say this group, that other group in the third, but no, no, no. Um, those, and, and everyone's had their hardships and I'm not here to trivialize or minimize uh, or dismiss any other groups and their cultures, um, their history, uh, their values, anything like that. Um, I'm not about that. Um, I'm about promoting um, black excellence and excellence for all society, uh, because when we provide a platform for everybody to be their best um, and it's a fair, equitable um, climate, then we are able to also excel and um, continue that process. It's a it's a beneficial cycle for us all. Um, we don't do that. Um, we have problems, and um, 
society becomes worse because of that. Um, when we're not sustainable, when we're not equitable. Um, with that being said, um, that is this episode. Um, it's very raw, very uncut, but I did want to, it's about 1130 now and I'm still going to have to do these edits. So I did want to get this out today, Wednesday, um, um, just for all of its um, reasoning. So I'm going to try to release solo episodes on Wednesdays um, and do the inter- release interviews on Sundays. But you may get an interview on, you may get two interviews on Wednesday, get, you know, interview on Sunday as well, two for the week, or you may just get two solo episodes um, it really just depends. Like I said, we are freestyling this podcast, so it there's no hard and fast rules. So thank you um, for tuning in. Um, and yes, we are about entrepreneurship, empowerment, and empathy here on Trep Life Podcast. Have a good rate. Have a great week. Hey everyone, go on YouTube right now and subscribe to Frisky Fish. Check out that channel. That's Daniel's channel. We talked about it in the interview. We covered it at length. Um, Also, if you like the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, share the podcast, help us grow. And please give us a list of questions that you would like me to ask the guests in future interviews. Thanks. Peace on your journey.